Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher. I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what's in store on episode number 102. We're going to talk about some of the training camp hype that's been happening and the stories we should believe or not believe. Of course, at this time of year, what I'd normally be doing is watching every single preseason game, and then I would give a podcast here that would tell about the report on the players that I saw stood out in those games. Unfortunately, of course, this year, we can only report on what the coaches and the beat writers have said about their players. Their words, of course, are far less reliable than watching the games and forming our own opinions by watching uh, based on what we've seen on the field. But it's all we got for this year, and to make matters worse, beat reporters are limited and what they're allowed to report by way of formations and depth charts and things like that. Uh, but they can indicate how individual players are doing and how, what they've looked like. So at least we have that going for us. And so I've taken in all the coach speak and all the beat reports uh, from this week, and I've tried to decide what's believable and what's not believable. So after the first week of practice and pads, I'll present to you now 11 stories that I do believe in. Why 11? I don't know. <laughs> I started with 10, and I think I just landed at 11 because there was one more that I wanted to add. So let's talk about 10 players, the hype that's been building around them, and I'll tell you why. I believe it. First, we'll go with Jonathan Taylor. Coach Reich said that he plans to use Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor in games this year and use the, quote, hot hand approach uh, as to who gets the most carries. And then, of course, Zach Kiefer from The Atlantic, uh, he reported that he wouldn't be surprised if Taylor becomes a starter early in the season after a few breakout games. And then finally, some videos from practice emerged of Taylor slicing through the defense and running over defenders. All this just led to hype around Jonathan Taylor. And I believe it. I do believe that Reich is doing all that he can do to let Marlon Mack know he's a valuable part of the team, but I think that Reich already knows who the best running back on his team is, and that's Jonathan Taylor. He may allow Mack to start game one, but Taylor's going to out-carry Mack really quickly and replace him as a starter and become the lead carrier by week two or week, week three. Taylor is a far superior player, and I think it's going to be evident to everyone, including Marlon Mack, right away. Taylor was my number one ranked rookie in this year's class, and he will uh, prove it immediately, I believe. He may need some time to show that he can be useful as a receiver or maybe in pass protection, but Indianapolis has a run-first team, and they have the best offensive line in the league, so Taylor will see plenty of opportunities early in games. In addition, Indianapolis's defense has actually um, gotten steadily improved after, after Reich has been there as the head coach, so they can keep the Colts in games and keep them close so they can keep the running game a priority. Second story I'm believing is Justin Jackson. Uh, the Athletic reports that Justin Jackson split time with the first team during the Chargers scrimmage this week, and then other reports stated that Jackson is clearly ahead of rookie Joshua Kelly for the backup role behind Eckler. Uh, Jackson has been excellent in almost every game that he's played. Uh, this is why I believe it. The problem is that he's just been too often injured and unable to play, which is really strange because he was one of the most durable and running backs in college averaging 285 carries a year during his four-year career at Northwestern. I believe that Jackson, if he can stay healthy, that he will actually hold off Kelly to keep the starting backup role in Los Angeles. 
The Chargers also need a running back to share the load with Austin Eckler, who's never been a full starter until this year. And so I really think that the number running back number two role is much more of a 1A and a 1B, particularly with the Chargers this year. I am a Kelly believer. I did draft him in two of my dynasty drafts, and so I do have him on two teams. I believe that he would, I believed at the start of the year, I believe that he would beat Jackson out to become the second, uh, second, get the second role there behind Eckler. But these reports have actually caused me to change my opinion. Thankfully, in both of the, both teams where I have Kelly, I actually also have uh, Justin Jackson. And so I get the affordability or the comfort of being able to ultimately see who wins the 1B role in Los Angeles. Third player that there's a little bit of hype starting to build up is Damian Harris. Hype built because of these reasons. Sony Michelle was added to the pup list. Lamar Miller was signed by New England, but he was immediately added to the pup list too, meaning Damian Harris is getting the bulk of the workload in practice. That's what's been reported. Bill Belichick, of course, never reveals a thing, so we have to rely on CLNS reporter Evan Lazar reported that Harris has been the best skilled player through two days of practice. Although reports said Harris has also, other reports rather, said that Harris has also been very effective in the passing game during practice. Well, I kind of believe it, because things could not have lined up any better for Harris during training camp. If he can't win the starting job this year, he's never going to be able to do so. So while I usually make it a policy not to draft Patriot running backs because Bilicek rotates his backfield so often from game to game, I did draft Harris in several dynasty leagues last year because I had him ranked higher than most uh, league mates and most analysts. Uh, Harris was my eighth ranked overall rookie in 2019 rookie class. So like most owners, I held on to him, even though he only had four carries last year. I do believe that he'll become the starting running back this year, even if Michelle and Miller come back from their injuries. And truthfully, if he can't do it with this opportunity before him, I'll admit that I'm wrong. And I will drop Harris, cut him pretty quickly this season if he can't win it outright, given all the opportunity that's afforded him. Next player I'll mention is Chase Edmonds. So this week, Cliff Kingsbury said that he feels like Edmonds is a starting NFL running back. There were not uh, beat reporters writing about Edmonds' great plays in practice. It was just this one quote from the Cardinals' head coach. Uh, he said, what I've been saying this whole offseason, if you've been following me or listening to these podcasts, I've been saying Edmonds is a buy for this. Here's some of my reasons why. Uh, Edmonds is one of the players that I've been trying to trade for this offseason uh, because Kenyon Drake finished the year ridiculously strong after being traded to Arizona, but I still see Drake as incapable of handling a full workload as a starter. He's not done so successfully in his collegiate or his professional career so far. He is a great running back, but I think he needs to share the load with a player in in order to remain healthy and remain productive. And I think Edmonds will get 30-40% of the snaps this year. While that's not enough to be a starter in dynasty lineups necessarily, he is one of the best handcuffs to own if Drake is overworked and actually gets injured. Drake has never had more than 100 carries in his college career. He never had more than 100. And Edmonds averaged 235 carries in his four years at Fordham. And so he's a running back that's best suited for a full-time role, in my opinion. I don't think that he'll beat Drake out to become the starter, but I do believe, like Coach Kingsbury, he is a startable NFL running back, and he's going to share the load with Drake and make it more of a muddy situation than owners anticipate. Next player, we'll move on to the receiver position, is uh, Rashad Perriman. Coach Adam Gay said that Perriman and Sam Darnold have developed chemistry quickly. Beat reporters also said this, stating that Perriman had become the primary target of Darnold uh, during practice. And so they reported at the, at the, they reported um, that they saw him getting open more than any of the other receivers in practice as well. 
And then, of course, we got the news that Jets rookie wide receiver Denzel Mims has been sidelined with an injury, giving Darnold even more time to build chemistry with Perriman. Uh, the Jets are super thin at wide receiver. They actually signed Chris Hogan after not playing for a couple of years. So I really think the target share is going to be very, very limited in this offense. So I'm buying the type. Here's why. Perriman could compete to be the top targeted pass catcher in New York. There's, it's just going to come down to that. He had a breakout. He had the breakout performances at the end of the last two seasons. He shined in Cleveland at the end of 2018, uh, leading to a free agent contract with Tampa Bay, where then he became the second highest scoring receiver weeks 13 through 17 last year. Incredible. And that, of course, landed him with a new contract with the Jets. They signed him as a free agent this offseason. Both in Cleveland and Tampa Bay, he was really just added for depth. When they when they signed the free agent, uh, free agent contract with those two teams, it was really just for depth. Where really in New York this year, he was signed to become a starter. I think uh, I do like Jamison Crowder uh, for the very steady floor, particularly in PPR leagues, but his upside is very limited. I was far lower on Denzel Mims um, than the rest of the dynasty industry. I had him actually ranked number 19th as in my rookie rankings, even though he was drafted in all of my drafts at the end of round one or at the start of round two. I think Perriman has the most upside among all the Jets rece- receivers, especially if he has, like they said here in these reports, established a connection with Darnold quickly. I like that. Next player who's hype I'm buying is Preston Williams. Uh, this one's been pretty simple. The drumbeat for Williams has been slow but steady all offseason. He was cleared for practice before practices began after his ACL surgery this offseason, or I guess technically at the end of last season. Uh, the Dolphins reported that they were optimistic that he could start the season, and now, of course, we're getting practice reports that he's actually playing with no restrictions other than an occasional day of rest. Add to that the fact that Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson decided not to play this season meaning that Dolphins need Williams to start. They really need him to start the season. So I believe it. Uh, Williams was on pace for 64 receptions, 856 yards, and six touchdowns before he was injured last year. He's only going to improve on that pace this year. I'm convinced of it. Williams is one of the players that I've been trying to trade for this offseason. I actually gave up a 2021 first-round pick just to get Williams and a 2021 third-round pick. So I gave up a first to get a Williams and a third, and I could not be more happier about that. Next player who's hype I'm buying is Jalen Rager. Rager was reported to be starting as with the first team in the Eagles practices, and is said to be starting at the X position in place of Alshon Jeffrey, who's on the pup list. Uh, not much has really been reported other than this, but Jeffrey is injured, and Marquise Goodwin opted out for the year. Rager should be in the starting lineup week one. I really believe this. This wasn't a surprising report that he's running with the first team. Here's why I like it. Uh, Rager is drafted in the first round, so his draft capital demands that he's going to see playing time early this season, even if there were no injuries to open the way for him. Philadelphia recognized their need for outside speed receivers last year after they lost to Sean Jackson. Uh, he had an incredible first game of the year and then was injured the rest of the year, so they had to rely on tons of underneath pass catching options for the rest of the season. Uh, Jackson is still on the roster, but at his age, he could get injured again. And having two speedy options on the field at the same time is actually only going to increase Rager's opportunities to be involved if Jackson can stay healthy this year. Rager will be in the starting lineup to begin the season and prove that he should remain the starter even if Jeffrey comes back up off the pup list or even if Jackson himself stays healthy. Rager is going to be the best receiver in Philadelphia. Next, we have reports from uh, Quintus Cephas. Uh, according to Nick 
Baumgartner of the Atlantic, Cephas is getting separation from defensive backs in practice and is competing for the starting slot position in three receiver sets. Danny Amendola, of course, he's the one that's currently in that role, but uh, Geronimo Allison was was con, uh, expected to challenge this as well, but he actually got hurt, or no, he actually chose the uh, to, to go on the exempt list, and so as he went on the exempt list, it gives even more opportunities for Cephas to jump Amendola, who is much older, smaller, and often injured, and win a starting role. I really believe this. I think the Cephas is ready to win this job right away. While it may take a few weeks to solidify a starting role, I believe that his size and his route-running prowess really will lead him to a starting position before midseason. His poor performance at the Combine led to his fall in the NFL draft, but this fifth-round draft pick is going to outperform his draft capital in his first season in the NFL. I really believe that. His college film is much more impressive than his Combine measurables, and so I believe these reports that he is separating from receivers and has a chance to be a starting third receiver and three receiver sets move on to the tight end position three more guys here that i'll mention that i'm believing the hype versus chris herndon the athletics connor hughes wrote several times this week about the jets plan to quote unleash herndon this year and then coach gay has made very clear in his press conference that herndon will be the starter for his team above ryan griffin who played well last year while herndon was injured as I mentioned above, uh, the Jets have a very narrow target selection, with only Crowder, Perriman, and Le'Veon Bell competing for targets. Some reporters have actually speculated that Herndon could even be the second most targeted player in New York, if not the first most targeted, a la like a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey. That's what they're saying this week, and I'm actually believing it. You can go back and see what I've already written or what I've already said in podcast about Herndon. I've said that he is one of my favorite players to be a breakout this year. Like his head coach and the beat reporters, I really believe that Herndon will be a critical part of the offense this year because they need him to be. Uh, Donald showed his propensity to target the tight end position as well. I really like that. In his rookie season, he targeted Herndon 56 times for four touchdowns. And then last season, with Herndon injured, he targeted Ryan Griffin 41 times for five touchdowns. I think the Gaze draws up plays and particularly touchdown targets to his tight ends, and Donald knows how to execute them. Herndon is ready for a standout 2020 season. Next tight end that I believe in is Irv Smith, ESPN's uh, Courtney Cronin and The Athletics' R.F. Hassan both reported this week that Smith's likely expanded role with the offense. They said that they experimented with Smith as an outside receiver and a move tight end, and I believe that there's plenty of targets missing after Stefan Diggs uh, uh, left this offseason. In second year, they also reported that second year wideout B.C. Johnson is ahead of Justin Jefferson, the, their first-round rookie that they drafted. So you've got targets here, but everyone thinks we're going to just be Thielen and uh, rookie Justin Jefferson. But they've said that P.C. Johnson is actually already outperforming him, and so that means there's going to be more targets, and they've got to figure out how to get more people involved in this offense. I think the Vikings really need Irv Smith to play a significant role this year, and he's athletic enough to play any pass-catching position on the field at 6'2", 240 pounds. It makes him a mismatch for corners and for linebackers. If the Vikings are creative, I think that they can find many different ways to create matchup problems for their opponents and unleash Smith this year. They'd be wise to do so. They need to do so, uh, given the inexperience of the rest of the wide receivers that they have there in Minnesota. And finally, I'll mention Adam Troutman. Uh, Saints Wire reported this week that Troutman's already getting uh, reps with the first team and that the man in front of him on his roster, Jared Cooks, uh, 
says that he's been giving glowing reports about his play and says that he's, quote, already NFL ready. There are a few videos released this week, too, that showed Troutman making tremendous catches, and so all this has led to a little bit of hype around him. And I believe it. Troutman's one of the players I most regret not having drafted in a rookie draft this year. I've got one more draft to go. Maybe I'll get him in my last draft. The Saints traded four 2020 draft picks to trade up to get Troutman, which means that they have plans to use him and they need to get him on the field early to show that he's worth what they traded for. Plus, Troutman uh, Troutman was a combine superstar. His athleticism is already showing in camp. No surprise there. And Jared Cook's in the last year of his contract, so the Saints will be motivated to see what they have in Troutman before the end of the year so they can make a decision about Cook's future with the team. So after hearing these reports and considering the circumstances, I believe Troutman is going to get reps with the first team this season. Not ahead of Cook's all the time, but he's going to split time with Cook's. I believe it. So there's our 11 hype stories, hype training camp stories. Hopefully I touched on some players that you own and you can let me know that you're excited about the hype and believe in it. I believe it for these 11 guys at least. That's going to be a wrap for this week, my friends. I Thanks so much for listening. As always, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I am much better on email than I am on Twitter, and I respond to every single email. So let me know if you have any questions, thoughts. Let me hear your roster. Would love to communicate with you guys. I'd be honored if you'd take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.